<clears throat> hour and 22 minutes. I usually only need about five. To make a full-length podcast episode with me, Steve? No. I don't, I don't know what you could be referencing. Five minutes. What could Steve get done in five minutes? Hmm. Is it sex? That was the joke. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay, funny sex joke. Good job, Steve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Ryan, I have a question for you. I'm ready to answer, And Steve. so much of popular music, you know, uh, there are songs about how women, how a woman doesn't want a one-minute man, mm -hmm. but there's also songs about how a woman doesn't want, like, a, a two-pump chump or whatever they say. And let's be honest, pump. like, the songs that are like, we're going to go all night long, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like That's not reality. But what I'm trying to, what I'm getting at is, like, like wh why is there this jump from, like, okay, two pumps to, like, 60 seconds? Like, I mean, if it, if it takes you 60 seconds to do two pumps, you're going real slow. Why is this a sex show? Why are we know. doing a sex episode, Steve? You're the one who got us on this. And why is your mic covering your entire face all the time? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you can see the monitor. Like, <laughs> That's just the way I like to you hide. Know, you know, people want to see your beautiful no, they face. Don't. Stop is, hiding it that's underneath a lie. bushel. This first ad was sent in by Adam Pope. Yep, it's a 1979 Gretsch. 70 Super, 1979 Gretsch Super Axe guitar. Uh, rare sunburst color, all original with original case, recent service, professionally done, replaced output jack and strings. I thought this looked cool. I'd never seen one before. And then I went and looked up some information and I learned a few things, Steve. Tell me what you learned. This is the final Chet Atkins guitar with Gretz. Oh. Gretz. Gretz. That's how it is. Gretz. What? Is how it's pronounced. Is that how it's pronounced? No. It's pronounced Gretsch, but it's spelled Gretz. Ch. Ch. <laughs> I think it's really cool looking. It, you can tell it's from the early 70s because it's got all these extra things going on. From the late 70s, but sure. Okay, it's from the 70s. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, all it's right. It's got some built-in effects. I misspoke. It's got a built-in phaser, Steve. Yeah. And, they, and a compressor. It's got yep. a phaser and a compressor. This is, yeah, as you can tell, I grabbed some screen grabs of an orange version of it. To I get like some that orange close up. I know. Like, we got sent this uh, tobacco bursty one, which looks very handsome with that orange. Like, that mm -hmm. is Gretz orange right there. Yep. I don't know. I think this is, this is, is it, they want $1,900 for it. From what I was seeing online, that's a fairly normal price for this. Really? It's been it's been in Springdale, Arkansas for sixteen weeks. 
and maybe they don't sell a lot, but that's what seem, what people seem to be uh, asking for them. Maybe you can make offers and get them for less. Mm-hmm. I think this looks fun. It's a like a thin-bodied, solid, bo- solid body guitar, uh, wraparound tailpiece. So it's, it's probably going to feel like, like kind of like loose and jangly. It's got a weird shape. Oh, it's I'm, super I, weird. In some of the pictures, it, I think it looks too weird. But in other pictures, it looks the right amount of weird. At certain angles, it looks it looks like really slick. In other angles, it looks kind of dopey. Look, at but this. I kind of I kind of like that dope. I like the there's a there's a bit of a big speed influence going on here. The binding is so thick that it makes the yeah. the non bound part looks razor look thin. like a look like the rubber section on like a Dan Electro. Oh sure sure. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's a choice, and it's a bolt-on neck. It's and it's it's. I don't know how it's a bolt-on neck because it looks like a set neck, but may there's a plate on there. It's wild construction, and I know there, there's probably a Gretz. It's gone out there that's gonna be comment a set neck. that this is not a good era for Gretsch or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's a great era for for Gretsch, but I think it looks cool. I if if I was someone who just collected old and funky stuff in a barn and I could have a, th- a thousand guitars building up. This would be in the collection. Cause I, I want to check this thing out. Is this the same? Yeah. This is around the same time. In fact, this is the same, a very similar, but maybe not exactly the same body shape as the Gretsch beast. Is it? It's very close. Oh yeah. I think it's a different headstock. That orange one though. I mean, I like that, that tobacco first but that orange is doing for me i wonder what the compressor sounds like like is and the and the i meant the phaser i mean what does the compressor and the phaser sound like those are things i want to know it's not the same as the beast but similar vibe yeah it's it's (coughs) the beast is almost like the carbon version right 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 well this is that's a reference that a lot of people aren't going to understand i didn't look up whether or not these are semi-hollow, because they kind of look like they're, they're it's so big, you kind of hope it is. What what is this model called again? The Super X. Yeah, and Rich. it's got it's got a big Super back plate X. where you know that all the guts for the yeah. uh, the phaser yeah. and the compressor are and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's got a lot of hollow stuff back there. There's another one on Reverb that also has the neck plate thing going on. Yeah, I don't think that's aftermarket. Maybe there's. We can only speculate as to what that's all about because it looks like a set neck that happens to have a bolt-on plate <laughs> included for some reason. Because you look at it from this angle, and that's not a bolt-on neck. That looks set into the body. Right. All right, here's what it says. It's um, so funky. A new Gretsch great. This is an ad from 1976. Nobody knows more about electric guitars than Chet Atkins, and nobody makes better guitars than Gretsch. Put them together, and you have a brand new concept in sophisticated electronics, the Atkins Super Axe. Designed by Chet for Gretsch, this great new axe gives you all the modular sound effects you'll ever need with built-in interchangeable components. The phaser module produces the greatest sound variations you'll ever hear. The compressor with sustain control squeezes the tone and feeds it out for an infinite tonal response and sustain. Absolutely beautiful. No pedals, no more groping around for the right sound. Just flip a switch. The Atkins Super Axe brings Gretsch super quality to the rock field, like Chet himself says. In all modesty, I think my new Super Axe is the ultimate guitar for the rock musician. 
catch this great new Gretsch at your nearest Gretsch dealer. So it talks about all these modules, but then it just names the same two modules that right, we right. see here. That, which is how all module-based guitars end up. It's like, well, this is going to come with a thousand modules in the future because this is the future of all electric guitar. No, it just comes with the three options that were involved at launch. You know, There is a planar version of this that's just called the Axe. All right. So this is the Super, and then you can just get yeah. the Axe. I have to say, like, as boring as compressor is as an effect, mm -hmm. it could actually be really fun built into a guitar because you're like, I'm holding this note. I need it to go. And you just crank the knob. And you're like, now I can hold it forever. And I'm going to sustain and sustain and sustain. And then you back it off when you don't need it anymore. Oh, this bridge is a Leo Kwan badass bridge. Oh. Uh, according to this article. I mean, it, it looks like every other wraparound tailpiece bridge I've ever seen. But so that's like an original version of that style hardware. The I guess original so. badass. I'm, I'm going to make a note to try to leave a link to this article because I think it's interesting. But I don't want to read the whole thing. It's got a 24 and a half inch scale. Okay, that is uh, interesting. They they say that that could ver that's very much a potential Chet Atkins thing. Sure. Um. And apparently, oh yeah, this this is this makes sense. So for all that we read, what I actually wanted to read for read through was um, whether or not it is. It says it's a true solid body instrument, unlike oh. the semi hollows. Uh, but they talk about how this is actually like an. When you think about it, this is kind of a obvious predecessor to the um, Gibson uh, ones. The Gibson ones. The Gibson Chet Atkins models. From oh, the sure, 90s. sure, sure. Yeah. It was like weird, like a, the Chet, like the Chet Atkins SST, where it's like a solid body acoustic Les Paul, whatever thing. Right, right. You know. Totally. All right, 1950. I can see it now. I'm in. I'm in for 1950. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think if they're not moving, then obviously if you if you wanted to buy one of these, then you're going to make an offer, yeah. right? You're going to go, hey, how, how about 15? Then they're going to come back with 18 and you're going to come back with 1750 and they're like okay all right i've had it for uh, i've had it listed mm -hmm. for three months already let's get it out there's one here. on reverb for 1600 there's one at carter vintage for 2700 there's a few more on reverb north of 2000 what color is the cheapest one the cheapest one is kind of this ebony stain oh uh, yeah that's why it's the cheapest oh and that might actually be an axe not a super axe because i don't right. see any effects What's the cheapest orange one? Uh, looks like 24. Ah, see, it goes over the top there. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would, you know, I like that, that tobacco burst as well. I, that wouldn't break my heart to have that in my life for a little while, at least to check this thing out. I wonder how heavy it is. It's such a big body. It's a big bodied guitar yeah. to be a solid body. This thing's, I mean, it depends it's gotta on be at least nine pounds just to start. Right. Nine pounds isn't, it's not great, but. I know, I'm saying as a starting point, like it, there's no way it can be under that, right? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's a difficult word I to say. I could not say. It's a difficult I, weight to, to mention. What would you want me to say to that, Ryan? I want you to speak your truth. Gretsch Super Axe weight. Let's see what Google says. 9.8 pounds Whoa! Uh, on this one website. 
another website says 9.2. Carter Vintage has theirs weighed at 9.2 pounds. I told you it wouldn't be under nine. Uh, Austin Guitar House has one. I just Do they have a weight? I did a video. Maybe it'll make the edit. I just filmed a video for this today, and I guessed the weight really, really close. And I, I'm, on a, I'm on a tear, guys. Uh, the AustinGuitarHouse.com one is eight pounds or nine. Ah! Sorry, sorry. No, 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 stop. Nine pounds, eight and a half ounces. So that's about 9.5. The closest one was 9.2 or nine and two um, ounces. Someone on GretchTalk.com says that theirs weighs 10.6 pounds. A tenner. So, yeah, yeah. They're not light. They are not light guitars. Oh, this one is 4.3 kilograms. That's not a real thing. Kidding me? So, if you want to do that conversion at home, that's about 2.2 pounds. So, uh, let's see, 4 and 2.2, that's at least 8.8 plus the 0.3. That would put it over 9 pounds. Even in metric, I'm right. I guessed it correctly. <laughs> I got nothing else to say about I, it other I, than, like, I'm glad I learned about it. Yeah, this was a fun thing to learn about. You know, it's, like, it's funny. Because I always think of Chet Atkins as either the Gibsons or the big, like, uh, was it the country? Is he the Tennessean or the country gentleman or both? I think both. <laughs> Chet yeah. Atkins is one of those guys. Like, but, like, I, I either associate him with, like, the weird Gibson sure, sure. thing or big body semi-hollows sometimes I, I i'm talking to to family at holidays or whatever about like what i do i never and, talk to family and they'll be like don't you like you've been doing this 10 years H- haven't you run out of guitars to talk about amazingly no i we've been doing this 10 years i've never seen one of those in my life if we wanted to legitimately if we wanted to do a thing which I do not want to do this, but I'm going to say that we could do it. We could probably do like six months of podcast episodes where every week we just did like 10 to 15 minutes about a different BC rich related topic. Like that, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's how crazy the guitar industry is. Right. Well, it's, it's, it really just more speaks to the, the finite, finite detail of the nerdism that, you know, that, that we've built up around this hobby if, of caring about these objects. If somebody wanted to, they could make a Fender podcast oh, and yeah. get Only at Fender least talk. 200 episodes. Because every time get Fender comes the out, the first new 100 po- would new just product. be all Telecasters. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many Telecasters there are? The first, there? the first 100 would get you from the creation of the Telecaster to like Buck Owens. Right. Like you would get no, from 1954 this, or whatever. If it was like this, where they're looking at ads, it'd be like, oh, here's here's a squire we've never talked yeah. about. It'd be like they'd get from like 19. Was it 51? Was yeah. that the first Telecaster? Here's a here's 40, a 49. Here's 51? a weird model from 90s Mexico factory. Yeah. Like the, like oh, we've never seen that finish. Let's, let's do a whole episode about Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead right. and his Telecasters. Let's do an episode about Coldplay right. and their Telecasters. There's, it's a never, it, as, as if you want to be nerdy, there's a, a never ending well of things to talk about. No matter the subject, you can just keep going and going and going forever. Yeah. Just in tinier and tinier detail is, is, you know, like how every, every coastline is infinite. If you have a small enough, it's string theory. Yeah. For guitar it, guys, it's string theory. If you are, if you're a super nerdy watcher of the show, or oh. maybe you're not, maybe you just like what we do. 
Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast for, for as little as a dollar a month or as much as whatever your nerdy little heart desires. You can support the making of this program. Uh, this episode is dropping the week. We might be driving it's like the day after Nam. We'll be, I think I'll be driving home from Nam when the audio is up. So don't forget, you have to edit two episodes. I this know, weekend. I know, I know. I'm going to do it all uh, this week. And, uh, but we'll be. Uh, coming back from Nam, but the Patreon fund uh, really helped out in uh, making Nam happen for us and Steve's, paying some of that Nam stuff. Steve's so. transitions lately have been giving me goosebumps. Like he's just on top of the transitions game, just ridiculous. But yeah, huge thanks to all our Patreons. Uh, they, act, you, you know, we're coming back from Nam. While you're listening mm-hmm. to this, the Patreons made it possible. The Patreon funds paid for our share of the Airbnb. It paid for us to buy drinks for Rhett Scholl or whoever we run into. It paid for our meals and things I like did, that. I did imply on threads that I might, that we might buy Rhett Scholl some beer, like a beer. I just put the beer emoji. To why, why are we targeting uh, Rhett for this? this he for posted and I just replied to it. That's oh, okay. It. You were the one who brought him up. Uh, I, I bought him a drink one time because, because a, a, a viewer oh, super right. chatted yeah, me and said yeah. not to, to, to buy a drink for Rhett. And then that's exactly what I did with it. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan, uh, yes. one of the things that the Patreon stuff pays for is like some of the equipment that you use to make videos as that's well, true. That's true. Uh, which is, it's important that we transitioned the podcast from being an audio only format to an audio video format. Because what we found out recently is that Apple has been intentionally killing the audio, I shouldn't say killing, but they've been like, they've been changing how they record the numbers. They've been changing. Well, what they've done is they've set it to where if you have not listened to a show in five episodes, it stops automatically downloading onto your phone. So it means the download counts for a lot of shows, including ours has gone down in the audio format. And that would be concerning, except we have a video format, which keeps this show viable for sponsors like string joy. Transition steam. Ah, crafted in Nashville, Tennessee, but played on stages worldwide, including, uh, some club in long beach in a week (laughs) or so. I think it's, it's, it's the, the Sunday after this episode airs, I'll be playing in long Um, beach. String joy makes, uh, great strings. I keep saying, I've, I've been saying this for, it feels like months now, still have the first set of orbiters that I uh, strung up my Gibson Les Paul with, still has us on there. They still look great. They still sound great. Yeah. So uh, do yourself a favor, click the link below so they know that we sent you and use code HUM at checkout to get 10% off your order from Stringjoy. They're coated in enamel. That means they feel like teeth swear man i'm gonna ask blake at nam hey man uh is it how do you guys feel about this and they're just gonna be like we don't listen to the show <laughs> pretty much uh let's see this ad was sent by matthew, matthew good matthew good I, i'm pretty sure he sent an ad before because i always want to make a joke that the, the ad is either matthew great or matthew not that good yeah he did he did because i said like the the Matthew Good sent this, but this ad is Matthew bad. Ah, there it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Solid handmade electric guitar. Had this handed down through family. Sounds and plays great. Not sure of any branding. Uh, collection only. Um, this is something. It's something. I want to know what it is because it actually looks pretty cool. 
like there's some elements here where I'm like, I, I want to know where that selector knob came from. That big aluminum looking chunk, that nugget of a knob. Mm-hmm. This where is, did that come from? Where is, can I get uh, that? This is 450 pounds in Stamford. That's heavy. The UK. It's missing a, uh, a bridge saddle. But this thing looks really cool. It looks like it's got a fairly small body. It looks like it was probably made in the 70s. We got that brass nut thing going on, which was a big deal back then. Everyone was in love with brass nuts because, you know, do you guys know that trumpets are made out of brass? So clearly, brass yeah. is a tonally superior material to make all guitar parts out this of. This appears to have a brass uh, mounts for the tailpiece, but not a brass tailpiece. Right. Um, I th- I think. It's got, I think that saddle would be easy to replace. Like that's just got to be like a pretty stereotypical tone. Oh yeah, no that that'd be d- dead simple to replace, no problem. But you would you wouldn't tell the person selling it that you'd be like, oh, mm, I'm missing a saddle. I'm gonna have to replace the whole bridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And gonna, you don't tell them that's that that's gonna, like a thirty dollar part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you make you make it feel like oh, that's like a two hundred dollar thing. I know? really like this concept of like a P ninety bridge or P ninety yeah. neck. Oh, great Tele- combination! Telecaster bridge. That's, yeah, that seems like it should sound like a lot of fun. You get that twang on the bridge, and you get that fat punch in the neck. I do really want to know what these switches do because there's there's the three buttons plus. The rotary. It's got like 1980s VHS, v, v, VCR right. switches on it. Like, right. Like, or, or like cassette tape. Yeah, like a deck. like almost like a it's Walkman. Walkman switches. It's Walkman switches. And just, I love the, I love the, 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 like the era of this. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's so cool. It's such a period piece, but it's also nameless. Like it's brandless. Like, what is this? It might've been a, handmade by someone might've been homemade by someone as a project, but then it also looks really solid and really competent in a lot of ways. Ryan. Yes. In one of the pictures, uh, you can actually see the strap really well. This is a Gibson. Oh my gosh. Look at it right there. It's on the strap. Gibson, Are they get, Gibson, the, straps, USA. the strap says Gibson. So clearly this is this a Gibson. Is like, why would you get a strap that wasn't a Gibson? If your guitar wasn't also a Gibson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the strap comes with a guitar when you buy it, and why yeah. would why would it come with a, yeah. a different brand of strap? Yeah, yeah, you're totally, exactly. totally right. Yeah, but all this hardware, man, like those push buttons, that nugget of a knob. Mm-hmm. I want that knob. I just want the knob. I'm gonna buy this guitar just to get the knob. I'm not actually, but like, where did that come from? It looks like it came off of like a vending machine or something. This does very much have or like a payphone. Have the vibes of that like SG Deluxe that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm, yeah, where, where it's got like well, it's that all era pick guard happening, where you probably don't like if the, if someone were to make this guitar today, it would have no pick guard or it would only have like a very minimal pick guard on the lower horn. It wouldn't be the entire freaking body. It's such a product of its time. Yeah. It's got overly complicated pick guard. It's got a raw wood look because people in the yeah, 70s and the early that, 80s. All that walnut. They they just like, no more color. Just wood paneling yeah. and leather and shag carpet for some reason. And and then like the brass appointments and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. like And this weird shaped 
three by three headstock sort of situation. Like it's, it's such a time piece. It's such a time capsule. And like there's crust and rust on the tuners. I get the sense that someone played this. I think this was a player's guitar. I don't know. I, I just like looking at it. You yeah, know? it's pretty. Yeah. 450 pounds, it said. I want to say that's around 600 US, maybe this, 700. It is a hard sell, though, because it's unbranded. If you don't know what it is, then what is it? It's nothing. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what it is, like, and and I hate to say it, but brand names, you know, they help define value of things. So it's hard to sell something like yeah. this that doesn't have any pedigree. What's the pedigree of this guitar? What can people know just by who made it, what the quality is going to be? No, someone's got to go feel it and they got to play it. And then they have to decide if it's worth it or not. And that's a hard sell. It is a hard sell, but I don't know. It's pretty dang handsome. And it's making me feel nostalgic for an era that I was barely an infant during, but it's like, this has the vibe of the mm-hmm. televisions I grew up around, the interior decorating I grew up around, you know, just the culture that existed in that in that period leading up until the late 80s when things started getting neon and yeah. you know, vanilla ice-ish, you know? Yeah, I have no idea what this is. I, uh, It's... I'm kind of, like, trying to maybe Google image search. It's like a weird offset body... Around. With a three by three headstock that has like this tulip bulb shape yeah. to it, I th- I honestly wouldn't be shocked to find out that it's just a you know a one off by someone. It's got like alembic vibes, right? To it, but but it's a like lot an of, alembic copy. A lot of stuff in in that in era that had time, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And usually those ones they they didn't go uh you know pit guard crazy, right? Some of them did. Some of the alembics are pretty pit guard, but crazy. this could have been a a small builder that just didn't have a way to put his mark on it. I don't know. I feel like if you could, could have been a hobby much, builder, you could have put a mark on it if you, but this you know. is also pr- like, it's not, it wasn't like today where parts guitars were s- so prevalent and so right. easy to come by all those components. Like, y- you know, you, you had to build this stuff. So it's not really surprising to see like these kind of like custom pickup rings and mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm kind of unconventional hardware and things like that. If you've got an idea what this is, tell us, let us know. Why are you keeping it a secret from us? Let us know, (laughs) please. Oh man. Uh, 26. He's got to mark his minutes. I didn't mark it for the last one. Let's do some what's new, Ryan. Do you want, we want to open this mail? We've, yeah, open the mail. Christmas card. Here's our address. If you want to send us something to the UPS box, feel free. I don't free. know how. Well, I guess Christmas really wasn't that long ago. It just feels it like feels a long time ago. It feels so long ago. This is from, I think it was Stephen or Sean. It was hard to tell, but this is a Peanuts card. Oh, we got stickers. There's some stickers in it. Uh, <laughs> it's got a picture of... Trey's acoustic from a live show I went to. Now you have a a useless Trey sticker too. Uh, thanks, Steve, and the other guy. Stickers. Says, <laughs> I'm the other guy. Says, thanks, Steve, and the other guy for such fun videos. Do you ever do slightly inebriated public domain guitar riff challenges? Maybe with random stacked pedals, and people have to vote on if Steve or Ryan did it better. Why did I just use both your names like some 
like someone else I uh someone else there that uh would not be playing oh well good oh like someone else there that would not be playing oh well good luck reading my writing thanks Stephen uh so yeah thanks Stephen I don't know what your last name is because I just I don't I, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't read, it. read it oh I love her so is over is an overblown Ramon song probably because it's full of uh trust bitterness full, uh, full of fun and not bitterness maybe not bitterness but street ennui I only listen to Ramon a, songs that are a, about things that that they want to do there's like a Ramon sticker or don't want to do and this is a card from Dayspring so it's got peanut stuff and it's got <laughs> it's King James only got a it's got a king james bible verse inside all right all right so i think alexis used to work for day spring you know um alexis. that's fun a thank couple, you a couple of years you for the card a couple of years back we got all those uh letters sent to us for yeah. the azor contest mm-hmm. the azor giveaway situation and my wife says every year she's like i wish you would do like a christmas card competition because it was it, she had a it, my wife and my family had a lot of fun going through all that mail that came in and opening all those cards and reading all the messages and stuff. And it was, it was a good time. It was, it was, this, maybe I'll try to remember to do that yeah. this next and holiday I, and season. And I had a lot of fun packaging 280 <sighs> reverb. That pedals. part was not fun. Can we do that without shipping out pedals? That's the question. Or maybe there's one prize. One prize is more doable than 280 prices. <laughs> that whole thing is still ridiculous. Like, I don't, Someone else referenced yeah. it on the internet recently, and I was like, I, "We're never doing that again. Like, we're never doing that again because that was stupid." Two hundred and eighty petals that we gave away. Do you know how much shipping was? Oh, speaking of shipping, Ridiculous. though, um, I want to say uh, uh, thanks to everyone. But this is a little late. Uh, but thanks to everyone uh, from the sixty cycle hum uh, listeners oh, who yeah. uh, gave, who donated to uh, the Tim Christ Fund. Uh, he did get a transplant a f- couple weeks before Christmas, like I think one week before Christmas. He's mm. out of the hospital now. Oh, good. Um, and also, uh, but I also, uh, the reason I brought that up, you jogged my memory talking about shipping because I shipped uh, the guitar to Mike Connor, who's actually, uh, I think he's in our Discord. I know he's in other Discords uh, that I am in. So he actually reached out to me directly and said, here's my address and whatnot. So. Nice. Uh, so thanks, Mike, and thanks everyone else who, who participated. I was told that they raised um, just from the giveaway, uh, raised somewhere around three thousand dollars from our so. just from our stuff. No, just I mean from the giveaway, not from just our give our part of the giveaway, but everybody. Oh, just for the total give. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Cool. That's amazing. Well, thanks, everyone. thanks everyone who contributed to that. Ryan, yeah, Steve. Do you know what's next? <sighs> Unfortunately, yeah. What's next is, uh, th- why is it unfortunate to talk uh, about I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was next. I couldn't anticipate it. This is the mood. That was, a, I, that one didn't give me Steve. That apparently Ryan work. is a little grumpy about the topic that we're going to talk about in a couple uh, minutes. I was just, so, I didn't know what to say. I was just uh, yes anding. I didn't know what was going like on. He needs to play the mood to make. I need to be in a better mood. His mood better. If you want to learn more about the mood, head on over to Chase Bliss dot com and read all about it keep an eye out Thanks, i am chase going bliss. to i'm going to film some chase bliss stuff soon keep an eye out for that i'm tricking timu into paying for it so uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago yes steve 
This is old news. The internet uh, got a glimpse of the latest Schecter signature guitar. I want to pull this up. From one Machine Gun Kelly. That's his name. His name is Machine We've Gun Kelly. We've talked about Kelly. it before. His name's I'm not like, ignorant. His name's like Brian, Tim. Brian or Tim or something. I don't know what his real name is. His last name's... I don't, it doesn't matter, but he goes by MGK and everyone freaked out because it's like a razor, blade. weird, bulky razor blade. Um, it's 1499 from Schecter right now, right down from 2169. They already dropped the price. No, that can't be. No, I no, think look, it, look, but it was 1499 on Sweetwater. I've I don't only know. seen it. I don't know. On Sweetwater. For they're, they're acting like it's worth more, but now it's on discount. <laughs> It's fourteen ninety nine on Reverb. It's uh, and like I said, I saw it in. It's fourteen ninety nine Chicago Music Exchange. I think that's like Schecter's trying to do the old MSRP trick sure. on their website, right? Right. Because uh, I definitely there's no way anyone's paying two grand, twenty two hundred for this. Um, you know what? I know. I think I know what the the angle. I kind of maybe want to take with this. Well, you need to take a, a, a like a very particular angle, or you're cut yourself. Right. You know, the razor will just slice um, right into your skin. So this came out. First of all, everyone thought it was a joke, and then they realized, oh wait, yeah, this everyone is on. thought it was a Chibson ad. Yeah. And Chibson pivoted very quickly, and they did like a their own like version of like a safety rate or not a safety razor, but um, uh, like a big, like a disposable razor. Yeah. shaving razor and came out with that. Um, and, um, and then people realized that it wasn't a joke. And because his, his audience or lack thereof, or like his detractors are tend to be people who are still into pop punk and, emo and whatever um it kind of turned into is this guitar uh this guitar is either glorifying self-harm or it's glorifying drug use that became no less dose or or it could be both right it right. is it is a double-sided it sure ain't glorifying shaving uh um and i think that was like that became like the hot button topic and I wanted to get your take on this because he basically came out after this cycle and said, as an artist, that wasn't like, as an artist, uh, that wasn't my intention, but also I'm not going to tell you what my intention is, but you, you're wrong. And as a person that, with an art background and a graphic design background, like I understand that there's an element in, in, like the high art world of like, I'm going to make a thing or like in songwriting, I'm going to write this song and it could, and everyone's going to think it's a love song, but really it's a song about like my dog or whatever. Sure. I mean, anyone could make the argument that everything is open to interpretation. And if that's what you see in it, then that's, that's your own, you know, your own mind's eye or whatever. Right. But for something like, like a razor blade that really has, very very limited applications yeah i think we very na- I very think we named them all limited cultural understanding around it like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's only it's only like three or four things it's either shaving which it's not yeah because he's not being like, shaving right guys 
or it's self-harm, which is awful, or it's drugs, please be responsible, is what I'll say. <laughs> or somebody suggested- Seek help if you need it. Find some, help if you need it. Somebody suggested it could be for like, that he's he made this guitar design to let people know how to clean their fretboards. <laughs> Or like literally I saw someone being like, Oh, this is how you strip paint. Or it could just be like, what would get me attention, which is what it, what it did. Right. It's like, I, we talked about machine gun Kelly once before. Was it because of his guitar? It's because of the pink Schecter, the pink one that he, when he first got a signature guitar, the conversation was all about is machine gun Kelly enough of a rock star to deserve a signature guitar. Well, that conversation, that's nonsense. Like, no but, that did, was, but that was the right, conversation. Right. Yeah, it's all just marketing. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, I legitimately couldn't remember any of that. I don't remember, because I think I looked him up and like listened to some music. I genuinely cannot remember anything about him. And the possible elements of what this could be are all just so boring to me mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's my criticism like this is all just so boring and the fact that it kind of took over the internet for like a week and a half or something like that and now no one talks about it anymore because that's the, that's how right. things work the fact that so many people were talking about it and every time i saw people posting about it like this is so dang boring yeah. like you it's funny that i'm about to say this because it shares lineage with Schechter. Mm-hmm. this looks like a daisy rock guitar Mm. It's like if a Daisy rock guitar got edgy and was trying to be a, you know, trying to be controversial and get attention. That's because Schecter used to make Daisy rock. Daisy rock came from Schecter. It was birthed out of a Schecter. And that's exactly what this looks right. like. It looks like a, a Daisy rock suicide girls guitar. <laughs> right. If Daisy, if Daisy rock was suddenly, which is, you know, Daisy women. Or whatever. Like my like the, the impression I've gotten from just seeing images mm-hmm. of Machine Gun Kelly and like just kind of the the pop culture fervor that goes on around him is like, is that an accurate way to describe this character? This this personality right. Right. is a suicide girl's Daisy Rock. Like that's what I mean, we're maybe that's what we're dealing with it's, here. It's definitely like fully a prop. Uh, so his actual quote was, most of you constantly interpret it wrong, and then you blame me for your version of what you think my art is. Um, and I think kind of the question maybe is, are artists responsible for the way that people interpret their art if their interpretation is wrong? Are they, resp- like, sh- do they have a responsibility to clear the air? There's all, it's a big gray area question. Sure. Like if, if you make a picture of, if you paint a picture of a carrot mm-hmm. and everyone goes like nice picture of a carrot and you scream and cry, no, it's not a carrot. Yeah. You've misrepresented. You've misunderstood what I was going for here. At a certain point, you have to be like, well, I guess they have a point. I painted a carrot and like, I didn't, it, if you are trying to communicate something and everyone is getting it wrong, you failed as an artist. If you were trying to, if you're, it's fine to be cryptic. It's fine to hide messages and be like, I'm hiding messages for me in my art and other people yeah. don't get to know. And it is, it is, there's an element of mystery here. And that's part of the art is the element of mystery. That's fine too. There's not a strong argument to be made for or against that thing. But mm-hmm. I 
truly believe the, the greatest criticism you could have against art is not arguing about the meaning or arguing about the execution, but just saying that it's boring. And this guitar right. is it's boring. kind of boring. It's boring. It's bow diddly. It is. It's a it's an edgy bow diddly. A bow a bow diddly is edg, edgier than this. Right. A bow diddly is something. What is this? It's it's one. It's yeah. it's a it's a it's an image of a razor blade on a guitar. A bow diddly is like. It is. It it thumbs its nose. It flips off conventional guitar yeah, design yeah. and says, no, this is a signature guitar of someone who is actually significant to guitar. Right. And, you know, he's going to play it. And, like, look, it's, it's a plank. This is a plank because a razor blade happens to be that shape. Right. It's a, sing, it's a single note message here. There's no nuance to it. There's only a small handful of interpretations that make any sense whatsoever. If he has some sort of complex personal mm -hmm. you know, like idea behind this, then it's not ever going to be apparent to anyone. Well, it's also interesting because I think the full quote makes his, the snippet that that guitar world had at the beginning. It, it actually makes it worse because it, he says, I'll never explain my art because true art is conversational and always up for interpretation but I'll say most of you constantly interpret it wrong and then blame me for your version of what you think my art I'm gonna, is. I'm going to say ultimately that, I'm sad at how people perceive me in general peace, but he's I, not even talking about the guitar there. He's talking about himself. You know, he's talking about himself, but he's saying like you perceive the guitar this way as because you perceive me this way. I'm a pretty strong believer in not, not from an absolute sense, but in a, at least a very broad sense that perception is reality. If someone sure. perceives you away in a certain way, you can't just be your perception of me is wrong. At some point you have to ask yourself the question, why does everyone around me? Why does every, why does everyone, you know, if you somebody who can't show up one day and say, everyone, everyone here thinks I'm an asshole. You just don't understand me. At some point they have to take a step back and say, why does everyone around me think like I'm, I'm an asshole? Right. right. Maybe it's because you're an asshole, but I, well, I want to say like, Based on what you just read of his response, he shouldn't talk to the press. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't come across as sounding like. Well, there's. There, he's he's doing something right. He mm -hmm. he's got signature guitars. He has a career. He's a public figure. He's doing something right. He's reaching an audience in some sort of significant way. But what imagine imagine if he just shut up and didn't talk. Like then he might come across as mysterious. He might right. he might come across as like oh yeah maybe maybe he's got some message that we're not understanding. But when he's like that sort of defense like it just sounds like a whiny brat who doesn't actually have any deep thoughts it, about it, anything. It is kind of like an interesting thing because I could see uh I could see someone like I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I know, spit it out. I could see someone along in like the early nineties doing something like this. I could see like this being like a Kurt Cobain signature guitar, right? Let me work all the way through this. I, I realized like it would be a shotgun, Steve. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're going to go that direction, go that direction. I'm saying like, okay, lean say, into it. I'm saying like, this could be like a Kurt Cobain, like that, not a razor blade. I don't associate razor blades with Kurt Cobain. I'm just saying like, right, if right. this was a thing and someone said like, Kurt, what is the, like, what is this? I feel like he would just kind of like 
mumble into the microphone like oh, that's that's not really or you what would I meant. say something like non-related or contrarian or yeah. say something that like it, it you, but it, but but it wouldn't be like oh you guys just don't understand me the defensiveness of that reply feels so deflated right like it doesn't feel like an artist who's like <laughs> you guys don't get it you do you're not cool you're not you don't yeah. understand like no is it, someone who themselves doesn't understand and they're trying to defend themselves like and for what reason it's silly it's a it's a it's a silly design he could have just been like ah, it's, it's funny i thought it was funny like and that would be more that would be more understandable than like, right. oh, you guys misunderstand my art. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I don't, I, at the risk of sounding like an old man shaking his fist at the clouds, like there, there is, there is a lost art to being a rock star. Maybe it's not lost. This guy just doesn't have it. Other people have it. There's, there's an art to being a public figure and building a mystique around your brand Right. And not saying dumb shit that makes you sound dumb. Like say dumb shit that makes you sound mysterious or saying makes you sound edgy or makes you, makes you sound like you're part of a culture that other people don't have access to or or make it sound like you, you have access to really weird drugs that yeah. other people don't know about. Like make it seem like you have a life that is more exotic and more interesting than the than the average person can comprehend. And and leave the audience hanging with this imagery when you when you're just like you guys don't get it. That's what it. That's what like a a a, a pathetic teenager would say. Yeah. Not a cool teenager. If There's this, cool teenagers. This, was, this is like mom and dad don't understand me. If, uh, you don't if get this my art. And this was a Tom DeLong, art, if, you know. if this was a Tom DeLonge signature guitar, and you asked him about it, he'd just be like, I don't know, man, aliens. Right. Right. <laughs> I I have no desire. Like sometimes I see dumb guitars and I'm like, oh, I have a desire to, to get one to do something with it and and flip it on its head and make it something else. This is so boring. I have no desire. Are there any? I want to know. Uh, let's see. Have any like YouTubers? And you know what? Like like Dimebag Daryl. He didn't he like because he was Dimebag, like the Confederate flag. His name guitar. is Dimebag. Oh, Trogley, no, no, Trogley bought the Schechter machine gun. His name was Dimebag Razor. because cocaine. Yeah. Like he, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dimebag associated himself with razor blades. I think there was a razor blade inlay on, on some of his guitars. You throw a Floyd on this, you throw a really hot humbucker in the bridge, and this could have been a Dimebag guitar, and it would have made sense because at least he would be committing to the bit. I would respect mgk more if he was like this is about self-harm the dean the dean uh is the razor the dime bag razorback right was the, and it's got the a razor blade inlay right does it i don't know i can't, like dime bag daryl for all his faults at least he understood his own branding like mgk understand your own branding what is this how does this apply oh, to yeah. your own branding yeah razor i told blade. you how does it apply to what sells you to your audience. Don't shy away from it. Lean right. into it. However disgusting, you know, the general population finds it. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to freak people out and piss people off. That's what it is to be <laughs> a, a rock star is to make, make parents worry. 
Like a, a parent should be looking at this and worrying about their kid that wants to buy this. Right. They shouldn't be going online and like, oh, you don't understand my art. Well, I guess it's, this guy has some sort of other idea about what this is, so I guess it's safe for little Timmy to buy. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want. You don't want to explain it a way to make it safe. Lean into it. Say, yeah, this is about when I think about suicide. It's dark. Jeez. I hate to say it on this show, but like, if you're going to brand yourself with something like this, then that's the, what you have to commit to right. doing if I mean, you want to come off as doing it sincerely. I mean, out the gate, his his stage name is Machine Gun. Right. I think that's supposed to probably maybe be a reference to like... A weapon? Uh, like that he like spits rhyme because he used to be a rapper okay all right so maybe it was like a rap thing like oh he used to spit rhymes like a machine gun spits bullets i don't know i'm speculating heavily i could look it up i don't actually care um is this guy real he, it's, it's, he feels not real he feels like a made-up character for law and order <laughs> dun, dun, like not dun, even dun, like a good made-up character dun, dun. it's like oh we needed like a like an like like a controversial rock character for a murder mystery. Right. And so this is what right. we came up with. He seems so manufactured and he would, does pro- anyone actually like him? And it would, it, it would, he would be a pedo. It would be SUV. Right. And at the end, ice T would be like, come on honky. You're going to jail. And he would like out wrap him in the, yeah. in, the in the police cruiser. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the other topic? Yeah, let's do it. PRS. Paul Reed Smith. Paul Reed Smith. Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul. I would I want to pull up if, I want to see if I can find that press release. Oh. You start talking about it while I look at it. Paul Reed Smith Guitars has announced that they are moving all of their American-made guitars, maybe all of their guitars, over to a new tuner. And a tuner that a Paul that Paul apparently originally designed 30 44 years ago 44 years ago uh in the video he shows like the blueprints from 1980 or i think it was 1980 can i just read the press read release? the press release even the last episode we established that you can't read so <laughs> i I'm can not... read i'm oh, you literate can read. Okay. i'm functionally literate <laughs> january 16th 2024 PRS guitars have today introduced updated tuning machine buttons for many of their core series guitars. These new buttons bring to life Paul Reed Smith's original vision from around 1980, years before the company itself existed. While these new tuners are an aesthetic update, to pri- the primary reason for the change is tonal. Because, of course, every decision that PRS makes is because of the tone of things like this guitar is red because of the tone. Okay, Paul. All right. <laughs> Paul Reed Smith has been known to say that anything that touches the string is God, which means tuning machines play. Wait, that means I'm God. <laughs> which means tuning machines play a large part in a guitar's tone. The new wing buttons found on many new 2024 PRS core series guitars and the PRS NF 53 and private stock John McLaughlin before them are designed to be lightweight, thereby subtracting, thereby subtracting less energy from the vibrating strings and helping the guitar ring longer and at a more musical note by having less weight. This is in quotes, by the way, by having less weight on the headstock, the guitar is allowed to ring at a musical note. It opens up the vowel sound of the guitar said Paul Reed Smith. (laughs) 
There is more, but I'm not going to read it okay, all. Okay, my first... We're talking question, about plastic tuning buttons. That's what we're talking about my, here. My first question is... What, assuming there's some kind of resonance thing here, assuming it's real and measurable. Well, I have personal things I can say about that. Wouldn't, hold on, wouldn't the, like, the musical note of the headstock resonance change based on the type of string and your tuning and all this other stuff? Too? Everything that touches the string is God, Steve. Is God. To be worshipped. To be feared. All right, what, what were you going to say? So I've noticed that guitars that have big, bulky locking tuners on them mm-hmm. don't feel as fun to me as my guitars that have lightweight vintage style oh, tuners on them. Interesting, right? I don't like that extra mass on the headstock. But what's what's also, you know, like there is a feel difference. Like the weight right. of an instrument, the way the weight is distributed does impact how you interact with it. It, 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 it impacts your interaction and experience with that instrument Mm -hmm. tonally i have no idea maybe someone out there could measure it they could they could change tuners on a guitar and like well these are high mass tuners now here's low mass tuners and here's how the notes changed here's how the sustain changed and that becomes really murky because you're using human hands and you are reacting to the weight in that and maybe reacting to the weight is what's changing it not the weight itself like there's so many little details and variances and, 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 and things that just can cause any sort of difference that makes it completely immeasurable, which is why it's so brilliant for someone like Paul Reed Smith to be like, here's a thing that's changing tone because you can't measure that. You can't accurately measure that. It's ridiculous to assume that you could, but you can be like, oh, it, it feels different. I enjoy this feel. I'll enjoy a lighter feel versus a heavy brass mm-hmm full-bodied tuner or big, great big locking tuner or something like that. I like the light feel. It feels snappy now. Like, you could use adjectives like that. But, geez, like, just the the hard sell on switching to plastic tuning buttons is on a, on a new level. It's, it's interesting because you have to, I mean, I guess, like, I... There's no numbers thrown around, right? If, if it all comes down to mass, you could start drilling holes in your headstock to offset the weight of your tuners. <laughs> Well, it's also like um, how, like, what is the weight difference between, like, the PRS, whatever, like, what do they call it, phase three, I think was the more recent tuner right? versus this. Like, what is the actual difference in mass? Like, it's got to be pretty minimal, though maybe he would argue that it's not just the total weight of the tuner set. It's the individual weight and how it anchors the string to the headstock. One of the things I think is interesting is is in all of this, and there was the... I think about this also in terms of that Jim Lil video that came out. I think it was last year about, you know, what affects tone, right? Like with the guitar and, and basically he like ran guitar strings, you know, between two tables or, or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly. And basically did all this thing to try to say that for electric guitar, like nothing really impacts tone that it, that was the conclusion, right? Sure. Something like that. So the thought that I, the thing that I just looked up and I was surprised about is the lack of Fender Fat Finger demos on YouTube. There are Fender Fat Finger it's, demos. Sure. But there's not like a ton of them. 
And so I think for $20 and some time, that could be a future Patreon video for you. Uh, just something to think about. After I just like scream argued with an empty black lens yeah. that, that these sorts of things are immeasurable. Like I'm not going to do it, Steve. There's a reason why people aren't doing it. And it's the same reason people don't do demos of guitar cables because there's nothing to demonstrate. People want to hear your opinion on whether or not you, th you hear a difference in the room. You'll, you'll, I, I don't know. Maybe you won't. The whole, my whole point is saying that like this type of like bit fatter, like heavier headstock, lighter headstock, right. neck dive fixes, all of these different things. Um, one of the features on a lot of bass guitars for years has been like the hip shot ultralight tuners. Like, yeah. I think a lot of that had to do with neck dive and the fact that basses tend to be heavier instruments anyway. Yeah. But that is a thing that, has existed for a long time. So um, it's, it's interesting to see a major manufacturer like this, not just come out with this product because again, Fender is Fender has owned the fat finger right. product for at least probably 15 years. Um, but it's, but I don't feel like, you know, it's such a niche Leo niche Fender. The fourth never got in front of thing. a camera and said, this is the product that you, every fender owner should buy. Yeah, you know? it should just it should just come with every P base, you know. I do think it's interesting that PRS makes this video um because like you said and like the like the press release said, Paul thinks of everything in terms of tone and and whatever like he's thinking about it that way, so he wants to give a tonal reason for this change. And the reality is, and some people have already talked about this, uh, in the comments of his video, like how there are going to be, are people going to, is the market on pre pre tuner PRS is going to go through the roof now. Oh yeah. I, I, I was, I was going to buy your custom 24, but I noticed that it's the, I'm going to say lightweight no. tuner. I'm going to say no, but I don't I'm think let, it is either. But the reason why that's not going to affect the value of PRS is, it's because PRSs are sports cars. Mm. Their value is determined by how new they are, by the, by, people are going to argue with me, by the, the vibe, by the personality of their core purchasing audience. Like, it, it's, a lot of people buy PRSs with a bit of like a status symbol sort of thing. Or the PRS is at the level that we're talking about, like higher end PRS. Right. Like, and newer model kind of comes with the territory. Mm. And so you're not going to see someone be like, I can only get a vintage PRS because it's built into the culture of the consumer of that brand that, new stuff is good. Like Gibson has to constantly look back. Right. And be like, I swear this is like the old, I swear this is like the old stuff. PRS is like, you know, the fandom is like, Paul's a visionary. Like I, I've got to get the new model year. You know, like it, it, it's, it's not, I'm explaining it very black and white, but there is that vibe throughout. I mean, there's definitely a market for vintage PRS, but I, I think I understand what you're saying. Of course there like, is. Of course there is. Like but that market exists. And if you go back to like when it was more of like a one man shop thing, those right. guitars are worth a lot. Right. But to your point, like, no, there, there isn't your, yeah, there's not going, their there's core a audience is not going to say, 
oh, I, I'm not going to buy the 2024 because it has these new tuners. The person they're who, still going to buy yeah, the person who buys, you know, the, the higher end PRS, mm-hmm. and they they we see them on the internet. People who have dozens of these things. Yeah, they're they're gonna want to buy model year. They're 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 gonna they're gonna want to have the new thing. Because that's the fandom. They like the new thing. They want to try the new thing. That's why they've ended up with 20 uh, <laughs> flamed and quilted guitars that all have two humbuckers in them in the same bridge. Right. There's not a lot of variation there, but you see PRS collectors that just have 20 of essentially the same guitar, but there are slight differences from, yeah. and they just want to they try got the blue, They want the new one. They got the blue custom 24. Right. They got the red custom 24. They got the green custom 24. They just want the new one. Like, and I get like, we're doing a guitar podcast. This is a whole guitar channel we've done for a decade. We get it. We get the compulsion mm-hmm. to buy. Old one, old I'm one, just, old one, old right. one. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just one, saying yeah. the truth about what the scene is, you know? They're not going to lose sales over this. And if they do, they'll get those sales back later. Right, right. When when enough of these are out in the wild and people get off their high horse and realize that tons of guitars across history have had yeah. plastic tuning bag, pegs and people actually like love that about those I, guitars. Like there's, pe- there's people who get a less ball and they take off the modern tuners and put on the plastic ones. Yeah. That that is something I think is really interesting is the people who who are making that argument that like oh it should be metal because of the price point or whatever. Yeah, that's nonsense. When like so it should many, be carbon fiber. So many it should be carbon fiber. That would make it super lightweight, right? Yeah, and uh, strong. What? Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, is it because it's so small? Like, why don't why don't uh, if it's a weight thing, why don't uh, guitars ever have like just the the like flat paddle the flat paddle well, tuners the way that bases do here's a thought i had it's really about leverage you don't need it no, the tuner don't, to be thick you don't need a tuning key at all okay it could be like a drum tuner where you oh yeah it's a keychain yeah. and it's just it's a little uh, you know wrench attachment on your headstock mm-hmm. i like, oh, time to tune my guitar i bring out the tool yeah and so you, there, yeah. you, you just completely minimize oh my gosh i just invented a thing and someone out there's gonna make it yeah you oh, could just have i'm a, gonna be responsible in five years for the next wave of shitty stupid product that's on the market it's the tuners where you have to have a tool to tune it because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. trying to go as light as possible you just store it in like the little pocket Next, I, it's you could make it magnetic and put like a little magnetic strip on the back. Yeah, people will make custom ones that are like you know, daily carry pocket knives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gotta have my gotta have my tuner thing. Yeah, you never know when I might come across one of those guitars with the tunerless keys. <laughs> I'm gonna need this tool. Uh, yeah. uh, let's let's talk about the the theoretical science behind what he's saying about this. Oh, dude, I, like I know we already have, but like. So, 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 so say you have an object. We've, we've, okay. we've got a screwdriver And it's here. in motion. It's not in motion yet. It's attached to a guitar string. Uh-huh. For this to go into motion, you have to put that motion into the guitar string, and then it goes into this. If we have a smaller screwdriver, it, the same amount of motion connected to a string would move this more. Because there's more motion being like it doesn't take as much motion to put this to put this in motion as it does to put this into motion. Sure. So you, you could 
theorized that on on a tuner, on a guitar, if you have less mass on the headstock, you could feel more vibration the, through the neck. Okay, so here's the thing that I don't understand about it. And more quickly, it could feel snappier it, theoretically because the mass of the neck and the headstock and the tuners is more easily vibrated by the strings that are shaking it versus a larger mass thing. But then the counter argument and what was going on, uh, you know, in the seventies and the eighties and even into the nineties when I was on the internet, uh, looking at guitar stuff, the high mass people are like, yeah, but once you charge this up, once you charge up the big thing, sustain. Yeah. That was the thing everyone was chasing. Cause like now that it's charged up, it holds that, energy longer because there's mm-hmm. more mass mm-hmm. moving around where this has very little sustain. So you, yeah. is a, it, theoretically it's a trade-off. You either have snappy, quick, resonant, sort of like alive feeling mm-hmm. guitar neck dynamics, or you have a steel beam that just rings for days, but you really got it. You really got to nail that thing with when, a hammer. When you think about, when you think about, um, was it one of your, was it the first interview you did with Paul where he talked about everything being subtracted? Right, right. That, that was a whole thing he was on during yeah. that time. Um, it makes, but this fits in with that. It because, is subtracted. Because the tuner is an, because the tuner, tuners right. are something that you add on to a body out of necessity, but you add on to the body, but they change the way the string vibrates. So by reducing the mass in the headstock, you're getting a truer vibration. Whether or not that's actually desirable, right. you know, is what with your screwdriver, with someone's your gonna, someone's vibrating to, thing example. Yeah, someone's going to try to make the argument of the tonal char- characteristics of plastic and the plastic sounding dead or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that. PRSs are already sprayed with poly. Right. So what's more, what's a little more plastic? It's already a... And also different plastics behave differently. It's all going through like a tusk nut or whatever. Yeah, the glue is probably synthetic. Maybe it's not. I don't know. PRS fans are pissed already. So tell me if they use hide glue. I don't know. You got anything else, man? <sighs> I, 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 to be, to be fair though, when I watched the video of Paul explaining it, mm-hmm. I do have a sweet spot in my heart for Paul. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I, I find there's something very endearing there, there, about there, Paul, and I, I like it warms my heart to watch him talk and hear him talk. There is a there is a uh, comment that I see a lot that Paul. I wish that, he had a podcast. That there's two different there's two different ways people interpret Paul. Mm. Uh, one is that he's a charlatan that there's no way that he actually believes the things that he says. Right. Right. They think he's a snake oil salesman. The other one is that like, he's just got his head so far up his own ass that he has no idea like of the realities of this thing. And I don't think either of those things are really true. I think Paul genuinely believes that this makes enough of a difference to make a video about it. I think he, okay. So there's, there's, I think he's not on the side where he's uh, he's intentionally trying to grift anyone. I don't, having met Paul in mm-hmm. a limited fashion, admittedly, but also having actually a decently long conversation with one of the people who works with him who mm-hmm. had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, good things, good things. But, you know, like, 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 oh, here's the real person that is Paul that I experienced, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Paul 100% believes the things that he says. Mm-hmm. 
the the read that I get from him, and I feel like I do a decent job of reading people's personalities and reading their character. The read I get off of Paul's character is that he totally believes these ideas. He's totally sold on them. And in his head, that like he has built them up to be what what he's selling with them, mm-hmm. but he views them as information that was outside of him, and he's just the one who's focused on it. Like he's focused on some piece of information that he didn't come up with. He didn't invent that idea. Right. But he found that idea. Mm-hmm. And now he's obsessed with it. And now he's working towards that idea. And that's his obsession. Like that is interesting. That okay. is maybe that is a, it's for lack of a better term. Maybe that is his delusion. Maybe mm-hmm. that is, maybe there is a narcissistic element to that is that he is so wrapped up in this idea that he's wrapped up. in, so it must be important because he finds it interesting. It's called Delulu, but go on. <laughs> but I don't think it's any sort of maliciousness. I, right. I think it comes right. from a very pure hearted place, believe it or yeah. not. I think, I, I think he has trouble hearing ideas that are counter to his own ideas, but I, I think it, there's, there's an unexpected humility mm-hmm. in his personality that is really hard to explain, but yeah, he's also Paul Reed Smith and he, he also talks really big. And sure, he, and he, and he sure. talks very forward about his things, but that, I I think that really sums up how I how I've in, gotten impressions from Paul is that it is it is a very unusual and unexpected humility that he has hidden in this big like I know everything sort of presentation. Paul Paul's in an interesting place. I, I was just thinking yeah, about this right guy. now as I was he's, unique he's a, guy character. He's, a, he's a, in, in an interesting place because. If there are Gibsons, you know, there are. Or- Orville Gibson's great, 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 whatever grandchildren, um, they are presumably not involved at Gibson Brands. Uh, if there is a Leo Fender the third or whatever, uh, they, he is not involved or she. As far as we're know, aware, it's not, in, it's in, never made news yeah, of in, at least at Fender or whatever Fender is FMIC. Are they FMIC still? I can't I don't remember. Know. Who knows? Um, there are a few other, there are a few brands that are known um, that have the, the luthier associated with them. I'm like, I'm thinking of like John Sir from Sir Guitars. Sure. Um, Sir. Uh, <laughs> we got to wrap this up soon. Reverend, so on and so forth. Um, that says we have 14 hours. That says we have 16 I minutes. Uh, oh, and we still got an ad to do. Yeah. Uh, so what I was going to say is like, Paul's in a very interesting place because I would, I have to estimate that PRS is probably the third or fourth largest American electric guitar manufacturer. I think as far as well as, as like guitar purchasers awareness goes, that's, right. that's probably true. Like as far as a brand goes, like you would definitely put them at the top of the list I'm of brand awareness. Fender, Gibson, PRS. Right. Sure. I mean, you could throw Ibanez. But I'm thinking of American. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. And Paul is, he's Paul. He is the namesake. Yeah. So he is in this unique position where like he is associated with the brand that he, he started still the next, the next closest thing I could think of uh, though from he's a little more distance. Now I think it would be like Bob Taylor. Sure. Which I've always associated Taylor and PRS for reasons uh, anyway, well, so, so yeah, I think similar that, era. I think know. that makes Paul like an interesting character study because he's simultaneously like this godlike guitar owner of this 
brand, so that makes him godlike. But also, he's a regular dude. He totally is. So, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Um, This last ad was sent by Riley Anderson. Uh, It is... This is a good one. It says, my roommate left this in my basement. I haven't the foggiest (laughs) of why he created this. For someone looking to experiment, there is no price on this. No price. Um, it can't be priced. It cannot be priced. <laughs> There's so much going on here. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought somebody... I'm glad. There's only one picture, and that's all we need. <laughs> okay. We're going to end this episode really quick. Ooh, are we? <laughs> for, for the audio folks, click the link. That will take you to the Imgur. We can talk about this for 10 minutes. We can do okay. it. Okay. Let's right. talk about this for 10 minutes. I don't minutes. know how give long me, the song is going to be. Give me... If we have to cut off... Without an outro after the song is fine. It would give, me, give me 10 minutes. This is a six. This is a. It is a six, three string bass. No, it's, bass? A, it's a six string bass. Three of the strings are bass strings. The other three of the strings are guitar strings. It is built around an Ernie ball. Uh, no, it's one of those. It's, it's not the Ernie ball, it, but it's an it's Axis. Like OLP. It's an OLP, it's an OLP body. I don't probably. know why I can tell that this is photo flame just by looking at it, but that's yeah. an OLP body mm-hmm. uh, with a strap trim on it. The neck has been replaced with a Yamaha. But it's a Yamaha EG112, so I think this is an electric guitar neck that's been retrofitted. Yes, for, yes. I, I was thinking it was the other way, like no. it was a Yamaha bass neck this is a, retrofitted for guitar. This is a guitar, this is a Yamaha guitar neck that has been retrofitted with three bass tuners. <laughs> and they're running it as a six-stringed, Bass, which really means that it's a three-string bass with doubled-up strings in because they're trying to make it. They're tra- they're cheating it like a twelve-string guitar. Right, you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a bass. It's a three-string bass. It's chorus. It's a doubled-up three-string bass in the style of a twelve-string guitar. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so many different parts. But it's got to be like really short scale. Right? Oh no, yeah, I think that was a short scale guitar too. I think those were like twenty four and a half or something, or twenty twenty four point something odd. Like, the, like the axes are a shorter scale. Who knows what the scale of that neck is? If that'll even be correct at all, the he Yamaha had, EG was probably like a twenty five and a half. He had to modify the trim block to get those bass strings through there. There's no, there's no way those bass strings yeah. just slid yeah. right into those, the strap no, saddles. You're probably right. It's, it's hideously beautiful. This is art. This is fantastic. I love the pickups in this thing. Yeah, what pickups are in this? They put bass pickups, but they're like what would be a mini bucker in a bass because yeah. they're, they're yeah. it's humbucker size, but they're but not bass humbucker size. It, th- <sighs> this thing is a package. This thing is amazing. <laughs> it's art. And it was left behind. It was j- a roommate just abandoned it. Like an unwanted kitten in an alleyway or something like that. Like they just, this, w- this would have been a 25 and a half inch scale. This is an OLP MM1. 25 and a half. Yeah. Okay. All right. That would. <laughs> That's plenty. Sorry. That's pl- that's plenty for this concept. It pro- it probably works really fun. It's probably really weird, and you should probably buy this and build a band around it. Yep. Like this is the center point of a new genre of music, and someone 
some legendary nameless roommate left it behind somewhere. There's no price. You could, if you could track this down in Victoria, BC, you mm-hmm. could make an offer and who knows, they might just give it to you. There you go. And it'll be the start of your musical career. Cause this is a totally different thing. Ryan. Yes, Steve. Adventurous club. What were the other ones? The Gretsch super acts. The and that handmade thing. No, no, this gets it. This gets it. Riley Anderson. I don't care what Steve says. I, he's won the flip so many times. I'm stealing this <laughs> one. Right, if he congratulations, says Riley Anderson. Ryan's got that fire in his belly right now. Uh, he's not a fighter. I think I could take him. You know, in a seven game series. But this is going to be that first one out the gate where a series you know, of what? That's the whole thing in sports where they say like this, this team couldn't win a seven game series, but they could like they could beat they could win at least one. How long is the series is in your, sports? It depends. It could I, be seven games. It could be I just five games. Realize I don't understand games. the concept of series in sports at all. Is that like parallel? Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, where were you going with that? I'm sorry. I'm saying like you're not a fighter. I think I know that. I think if we had like five boxing matches, I could win. Oh, I would three of the five. No, I would matches. tap out immediately and be like, oh, I don't actually want to do this. But and I would, wouldn't care about walking. What away. I'm saying is that on this topic, this would be one of the ones where people would be like, oh my god, I'd stand up and flip the table if you pushed back even a little bit. <laughs> All this equipment just goes flying. No one would see this episode because I would snap the cards and be like, we're over. It's over, Steve. Don't ever talk to me ever again. And I would even delete the whole YouTube channel. The way I make my entire living. I would just scrap it so no one would ever know that I was ever associated with you. All right. Uh, Congratulations, Riley. (laughs) This song was sent by Steven Dixon. Is this a good episode? He says, I hope it's okay. I'm sending you all a few songs. I don't have many people to listen to them. This song is called One Step Removed. We are connected, and I am pressing play. Thanks for the Tommy. And I'm at least the breeze. 
This was like right up your wheelhouse, wasn't it? That was that was amazing. Thanks, Steven. Super, super like more more of that in just general and culture and everyday life, please. All of that. Like that's just perfect ADD music. You we know? have two more songs to play from Steven. So. Good. Good. Not today. No, I couldn't handle any more than that. Because we're about to run out of space. That's fantastic. Thank you for saying that. I Everyone, try to make music like that. Like, try. See if you can. I wish I could. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. <laughs> Good grief. How do we run out of card space, man? Because the first episode went so well.